0: Good evening, Jays fans, and welcome to a new edition of the 1620 The Jays podcast. I'm your host, John Bishop. It's a basketball-heavy edition. Unfortunately, the results of midweek were not favorable to the Jays. The Creighton women falling in a great battle with number 19 Marquette on Wednesday night, and the Creighton men with their second loss of the season. And strangely enough, both of them this year, in fact, the last three losses the Jays have suffered going back to last year's NCAA tournament all at the hands of Mountain West Conference schools. Of course, San Diego State in the NCAA tournament, Colorado State on Thanksgiving Day, and the most recent loss to Nevada, Las Vegas. And the Jays don't have much time to feel bad about things. They need to turn it around quick because one of the best offenses in all of college basketball come to town on Saturday night for a primetime battle on Fox against the Alabama Crimson Tide. More on that, Josh Peterson and Connor Happer will have their breakdown of both men's and women's basketball coming up in a little bit here on this week's edition of the podcast. But right now, let's go back to the postgame from Wednesday night in Henderson, Nevada, as we will hear from both Mason Miller and head coach Greg McDermott on their thoughts on the Jays' loss to UNLV and also how to bounce back after a tough, tough game in the desert. Mason Miller's going to join us here out of the locker room here on our postgame show. Mason, fortunately, with three threes tonight, yours were about the only ones that were falling early on. What were they doing that was making it so difficult for us to run our offense?
1: I mean, they were just really pressuring the ball pretty well today. I mean, they had... They had us on traps every single time. They were just kinda of just paying them strong in us today, unfortunately.
0: Was there anything that you saw on film? I mean we knew they, they would be aggressive like that, but were there things that they were showing that were just a little bit different or that you didn't think you were as well prepared for?
1: I mean yeah, it kinda of looked like they came out a little more a little more energy than us today. Unfortunately we just didn't have the energy. It looked like we didn't have the energy and it looked like they they just kind of wanted more right there.
0: I think a lot of folks will probably look at this and say, well, maybe the guys were looking ahead to Alabama, at least from my perspective, watching you guys in practice, that wasn't the case. Yeah. But they, they certainly they certainly felt like they had a little a little extra jump in their step.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean they kind of just came out with more fire at the beginning. They scored on, on half the possession at the beginning of the game and it kinda of just kinda of went downhill from there.
0: I know he didn't have a big night tonight, but did Keelan Boone, who was not on the scouting report, because we didn't think he was gonna play did just having the him out there, did that change what they do offensively and kind of cause a little confusion, especially in communication?
1: No, that, yeah, that definitely changed a lot of things. I mean, having somebody that we haven't really been able to scout for and then it was like a smaller, it was a more quick, agile four, man, that we had to guard. So it kind of changed things up a little bit.
0: So it's going to be a quick turnaround. What do you guys need to do to shake this one off and press ahead because you've got a really good opponent coming into town on Saturday. Yeah, I
1: mean, just we just got to get back in there and do our same routine, just make sure we – we, this time, when we come into practice, we come with more fire and everything.
0: All right. Thanks a lot, Mason. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Mason Miller tonight had 11 points. UNLV wins at 79-64. Coach Mack, postgame brought to you by Lawler's Custom Sportswear for original custom-made designs. The best-dressed Blue Jays dress with Lawler's Custom Sportswear. Lawler's.com. Mack, if I would have told you that tonight, Kalkbrenner would have 22-8 five blocks, six dunks, you would have thought we're in really good shape. Unfortunately, Caleb Boone tonight was even better in the
2: post. He was he was really good. We didn't, you know, we did a poor job of keeping it out of his hands. Um, and then, you know, when, when when we went after him, they made us pay. Uh, it seems like they hit a three every possession we got in rotations. Uh, so, you know, just poorly executed plan, Pretty probably a pretty poor plan coming into it to begin with. But, um, you know, they they did as good a team as we played all year of controlling tempo and, uh, you can only control tempo if you have the lead. And the start to the game, you know, where they get out, you know, 22 points in the first 14 or 15 possessions—that's it's that's not where our defense has been. And if we're going to be successful, we better get it back pretty damn quick.
0: On the offensive side, we go three for our last 22 in the first half, and they didn't. I mean, we knew they were going to be aggressive out on the perimeter; they were going to try to get the ball out of the hands of our guards. The problem was we weren't able to find any open passes and make that extra pass enough times to get to the open shooter. Yeah,
2: I, I've got to watch it on film and. Determine how many of them were decent shots. I thought we had some decent looks. Uh, you know, Trey and Baylor, I think, were both one of seven at halftime. And um, you know, I think some of the things, some of the shots they had were decent shots. Um, we were better the second half in terms of that. I think we got into the teeth of the defense a little bit, a little bit better, but. Uh, you know we were a team that you know all they got to do is look at their assist numbers if they have 19 assists on 32 baskets our defense is not doing what it's supposed to do we're supposed to force them into uh, you know plays where they have to make plays one-on-one and they did a lot of that the first half the second half we had a lot of breakdowns
0: we wondered how much Keelan Boone's appearance tonight by surprise we weren't expecting him would have impacted him and while his numbers aren't huge he he didn't hit his first three until very late when the game was almost decided. But do you think that may have helped them a little bit just in terms of motivation and the fact that you've got another shooter on the floor?
2: Well, no question. It it, it adds spacing to their offense because the, the guys that they were playing there weren't necessarily – uh, shooters so for him to be out there 30 minutes, you had to account for him and obviously he's a he's a fifth year guy so he's played a lot of basketball so you're adding a grad transfer um, you know and we hadn't prepared for him. so I, I thought we did a decent job They caught us in some ball screen actions a few times where we didn't didn't quite execute our plan very well. Uh, but there's no question he impacted the game. He's he, he's going to be a really good player for him. Another st-
0: tough night for Trey. Just two of thirteen from the field. He made the first field goal, and usually when you see that first one go down, especially from the perimeter, you think things are going well. But I know he missed a couple of layups inside. What'd you see on
2: Trey? Yeah, that? I thought he, I thought he had some decent looks that he that he missed, and you know he didn't turn it over. He made some good plays uh, for his teammates, uh, but you know he, obviously he didn't shoot the basketball very well, and and you know hopefully we can get that back before Saturday.
0: Now, how do you turn the page quick? I mean, this is going well, to be a tough to turn. Yeah,
2: you, tra- you, you treat it like anything else. You learn, and you you know, a- any game win or lose, you you evaluate it. You, you, there's some good, there's some bad. There's not a lot of good out of this one, um, and you know, we look at it, we try to grow from it, and then you got to flush it because, you know, there, we can't, we don't have time to feel sorry for ourselves. We got it. We got an important game on Saturday. All right, Mac. Thanks. thanks. Appreciate it.
0: The sixteen twenty the Jays podcast continues now with Connor Happer and Josh Peterson.
3: All right, thank you, John. Welcome back. More of the sixteen twenty the Jays podcast this week. It is time for another update, catch up session. Josh Peterson, Connor Happer, with you. We will uh, go through the last couple of weeks of happenings for the Creighton women's and men's basketball teams. We'll start with uh, we'll start with the women's side who just started conference play. Uh, this week against Marquette had a tough game uh, the other night on the road. A really, I mean, a great game to start off conference play with. Just, I mean, it was it was tight the entire way through. Yeah, It just fell a little short at the end.
4: Yeah, tie, I mean, tied at the half. Uh, they they uh, they they have a one point lead going into the final quarter, and they end up losing by six. Or outscored twenty 22- two to 15 in that final frame. But uh, as you said, I mean, this is a, a great way to begin conference play in terms of that uptick in competition. Of course, the result not going the way that Creighton would have wanted. And and they'll go back on uh, into the non-conference, actually, for a couple more before it it really resumes. But uh, it's a team, you know, the last time that we spoke, Happer, it was – of course, coming off of that really perplexing loss to to Green Bay, but they they really righted the ship after that. They they uh, they beat their in-state rivals in a game that you were at against Nebraska on a Sunday. Uh, that was the beginning of a five-game winning streak that came to an end in this one versus a a, a ranked Marquette side. And you know, I, I know in a few minutes when we talk about the men, we're going to talk about three-point shooting. I mean, I really feel like you could kind of begin the conversation about the women in a very similar way. Eight for thirty. From the floor. And what's crazy about that is that Emma Rancic and Molly Mogensen, they combine to go six for 11. And so you just do the quick math on that, and you're looking at two for 19 from the other players. I, I think on the last pod, you also mentioned Morgan Molly and, and that pretty uh, shot of hers. She goes over six. Lauren Jensen, obviously, we know what she can do. She goes one of six. And so in my opinion, the game kind of came down to that, right? Just not being able to find themselves from three. They went seven of, of 14 from the field overall in the second quarter. Otherwise, though, from the field, they were always below 50%. So I, I really think that that tells a lot about what happened.
3: So seven and two, I mean, they're, they're going to be one of the top few teams of the Big East I, I do want to note one more game in the non-con before I mean that you're right they, they do play at Drake this weekend and then one more non-con against South Dakota State yeah um, uh, Thursday of next week the 21st um, and then a, and then a little bit of a, a, a break for Christmas and the holidays and then back to conference play but going to Wyoming is is always an interesting <laughs> you know we we talk about it in football sometimes going to wyoming is is something i mean altitude is this year too like it's a little bit challenging like that's a that's a pretty good program too so to go out there and be able to kind of handle their business and and pull away in the third quarter and win by 12 like that was pretty impressive as well and then you know you could also note the 115 against northern iowa incredible man which is just unbelievable um i don't think they I mean, just looking at the – I don't think they missed a shot um, the entire game. That might not be right, but uh, I don't – they shot from the field 43 for 68. <laughs> and from three, 20 for 33, made all nine free throws. I mean, that is amazing. So they shot—they shot they shot 63% from the field and 61% from three. In the game, um, I know it's sort of a lesser opponent in Northern Iowa, but like that's an that's a staggering number. So, yeah, hilarious numbers. Those are hilarious numbers. Yeah, it's a hilarious number, staggering, yeah. hilarious. Uh, but they've checked boxes in the non-con. Yeah, obviously the weird one. Um, you know, like you mentioned against Green Bay, but I, I mean, pretty much just to sort of like, all right, where are they at compared to where maybe I thought they were going to be at? Uh, pretty much right on, right on cue, right on par. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I think that that's a good way to describe it, you know, with with where they sit uh, with their record right now at seven and two. And and it's always interesting, you know, as these conferences have expanded, um, whether it's the Big East, the Big Ten, et cetera, like you, you you will find this where teams will play you know, a conference game and often it's like two conference games, right? And then they'll go back to the non-conference for maybe two or three and then it resumes. So this is interesting in that it's a team, of course, that they have scouted many times in Marquette. Obviously, it's not like Drake and South Dakota State haven't been on the schedule before either, um, which is nice that those fall where they do before that that game versus St. John's, uh, which is coming up. At the uh, very end of the month, I'll actually be on the call for the South Dakota State game, which is next week on the twenty-first. It'll be on eleven eighty, the zone. Uh, for those who want to listen, Anna Bellinghausen and North Truly will be on the call for that one. And and just you know, stop by the the station website and stuff to see where these games will air, whether it's on the on eleven eighty or on News Talk twelve ninety. We'll have uh, your coverage for for all the home and even the road games as well. Excellent. So uh, that's the women's side. Like I said, pretty much um, as
3: scheduled so far. For the men, I, I don't know that it's a whole lot different. Um gosh, did we talk after Thanksgiving, after the Colorado State game? Probably or or was it before that?
4: I think it was right before that. I think we were probably talking after the Iowa in the in the Iowa, Texas Southern range, okay. maybe, maybe right before Thanksgiving. Yeah. So
3: um I, I guess, you know, <laughs> I don't know that it is not um I don't know that they're off track or anything like that on the men's side. I don't think they are, but they have these two weird games where they played a strange! Yeah, and they're both on neutral sites on neutral courts against mountain West teams. And you pull apart what happened in those games against Colorado state and UNLV. And like, it was, it was the same. It was like a carbon copy of exactly what happened. They, they, they obviously didn't shoot it well. And then just sort of stuff sort of just kind of, deteriorated and fell apart and like you are, yeah, your arms are up in the air. You're like, you know, you're, you're all of a sudden got, all right, maybe they can come back here and you got 16 minutes in the game and then 10 minutes left in the game and then eight minutes left in the game. You're like, yeah, okay, no, I don't think this is going to happen today. And so that was kind of the story in in their two losses so far. Other than that, I've been, they've been completely dominant over every team they've played. Now the Don conference hasn't really been much. The road win at Nebraska was, um, notable. The road win at Oklahoma State was was notable. The Iowa game was notable, um, but they haven't really, you know, they haven't played stiff competition really yet and and the two losses kind of stick at you a little bit and you're like man what what's going on there and i'm not going to be able to forget those
4: yeah i think the frustrating part for jay's fans is you just kind of scour the uh the web and you you read a lot of the tweets and stuff and the emails that we get from our audience and and and, you know I, i know one of the the main refrains when when john and i were on on thursday on thursday show the day after the the loss to unlv was you know the whole makeable shots Make shot, miss shot, um, and and live and die by the three. I know that I know that that's like been the the main discussion point, and I am someone that can kind of get frustrated by that, uh, mainly because it seems to be coming from a spot of bad faith in the argument because it's like, if that's what you are as a team, also it's 2023, like this is basketball. Now it's like, it's not 1999 anymore. On the other hand, I do understand the frustration because I think that, you know, one of my quick theories after the the loss the other night was going to be okay. Do we need to have a conversation about this team when they are away from the friendly confines? But sure. as you just pointed out, road win at Oklahoma state, Granted, a bad team. Road one at Nebraska, an inconsistent team, if we're being kind. Um, the other two losses are neutral site games. And so I don't I don't know, I guess, what to do there. You know, we'll we'll learn some stuff, I'm guessing, uh, on Saturday night in in, in Omaha against Alabama. Um, that could be a, a very interesting high scoring game. But I just there have been just a, a few things so far for this this team this year, Happer, where I'm like, is that like a warning? Should this be a warning sign for us? long-term that said, I know that there are pods in the archives from a year ago where we were having very similar discussions, yeah. and, of course, we know what ended up happening, happening in March. So, I mean, it's still early. They're, what, a third of the way through the the season at large or a third of the way through things before they get to March in terms of total number of games played. But there are just a couple of things where I'm like, it's hard, like you said, it's going to be hard to forget these losses. They're going to really stick in the crowd, people.
3: There, There is some concern, I guess, for me about their ability to win ugly. Um, I, I think I – don't, I don't think this team – really has the same type of personnel as, I mean, they obviously have different personnel than they did a year ago, um, but not the kind that you would be like, man, I, I, they got a couple guys and, and if Trey Alexander's off, then you got Art Kaluma who could get a shot and Ryan M Hart who could get a shot. And I just don't know it has to sort of come from kind of within their scheme. So I, you know, they haven't been challenged that much, but yeah. in, the, in the two games where they weren't making shots at a super high cal, super high rate, you know, it kind of just wilted away for them. So, yes, they have to shoot the three and make the three. That's obviously a part of their plan. But then you have to ask the question, okay, then, if they're not making it and if we're in the NCAA tournament, then what? And so that's that's kind of a concern. At the same time, it's it's matchups. And then, you know, about Trey, like, you know, in, in their two losses, he's been really bad.
4: So yes. his, his and, numbers are very, I mean, like, you know, he was shooting so well at the start of the season, and then it's a whole lot of not. And I mean, in, in the, like you said, in the losses, it's I mean, it's not like, oh, he's been, he was shooting poor. I mean, it's like alarmingly poor in those right. games. So, I mean, you know, I, I they could beat
3: anybody in the country. Um, They could they could lose to a lot of teams, too. They're I guess. Yeah. If we're if we're breaking it down that way, I guess, you know, you would just say that their margin for error is pretty is pretty. Thinner than it was last year, I guess.
4: Yeah. Well, and, I mean, and how much of this too is a defense conversation, right? Where like we we if the shots aren't falling, you want to see them have what it takes on defense, and that's something that we just have not seen in. Grant uh, Grant, they've only lost twice, so you know. But I mean, I think of the Iowa game; that was a very high scoring game, though. You know, some of those points by the Hawkeyes were were late when when Creighton had it in hand. But you know, this is a team that as they have taken that next step um, in where they sit in the in the college basketball ecosystem. Uh, defense has been a huge, huge part in, in what they have become. And so we we'll need to see some more of that. You got, you got Brenner, and, you know, they'll
3: have to, after they don't have Brenner next year, then the conversation changes quite a bit. Uh, yes. They, they still have them this year. And so you look at their, you look at their efficiency numbers right now. I mean, they're, they're top 20 Ken Palm defense. Um, they're number 15 Ken Palm offense. Like they took a hit obviously against UNLV on both of those sides. um, But as long as you got, I mean, it's, it's run people off the three-point line, which I think they're you know, their scheme has they've created a scheme defensively that they're able to pull that off. And they have, you know, they had a one-man stopper as well, um, in in Trey Alexander. But you ask for a little bit if you ask for more from him on the defensive end, then you're gonna maybe take away from him on the offensive end. So you gotta think about that. And then you always got Koch in the middle. So, you know, like their numbers are always going to be good, but then you just you just sort of wonder if you know teams get into the, the right sort of system. They could run they could run teams off the three point line. They're gonna have to live by the two. Um now UNLV, the other night, they kind of they kind of just made shots that Creighton I don't think expected them to make. Yeah. Um, and they were open too so that's that's a that's another part of it. But I I still think the overwhelming evidence that we have suggests that you know this is a really, really good basketball team. You just have those two. You just have those two losses where you're like, man, what, what's going on? And then also you add in they haven't really been tested. You know they 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 played they played Iowa, um, and and the road win at Oklahoma State and Nebraska. Like, okay, check check. Um, and then we'll see what the Big East is this year. Uh, Alabama is a big litmus test on Saturday. I oh mean, yeah. Now you mentioned it. It's not. It, it's on. It's at home, right? Yep, so Yep. Like. They're going to be okay, I think. They're going to be okay shooting the basketball from you know from what we've seen so far this year. But you know, you you still wonder about when things get tight later in the games or things just aren't falling on the offensive end.
4: Yeah, and it's I mean it's we mentioned the word hilarious earlier when talking about what the the Creighton women did in that 115 point game. Here here are the points that Bama has scored: uh, 105, 102, 102, 98, uh, 99, 89. Those are their wins. In their losses, though. 81, 77, and 86. So, I mean, this is not a team that has struggled at putting the ball in the basket when they have scored. They have hit 90 or more points in a handful of games, and they've hit hit 100 points or or more in in three of them. So this is going to be a team that's really going to challenge things. Uh, It should be a really fun atmosphere. Of course, remember, this was supposed to be a game that was earlier in the day. It got flexed into prime time, and so it will be a 7 o'clock game uh, you will of course be in the building. John will be on the call. It should be it should be a really fun atmosphere, and, and like you said, a good litmus test for a team that is sitting, you know, in the top ten, and and that'll probably change obviously when the the latest rankings come out in a week um, or next yeah. week. But it's uh, it's a team that's sitting in the top ten, so it's like there's a lot of hand wringing that I am sensing, and I guess we did a little bit of it uh, for the pod tonight. But on the other hand, they they have still they've still done enough that I'm not like gonna press the panic button just yet.
3: Alabama played Purdue you know, a week ago Saturday. And so they've seen the other best big in the country. Correct. Um, And you mentioned some of the offensive numbers. Number one rated offense adjusted efficiency on Ken Palm right now, the Alabama Crimson Tide basketball team. So, yeah, um, I don't know what the uh, I don't know what the over under is going to be, but it's in Creighton's gym. They're going to be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just. Push that thing up a little bit more. Yeah, just, um, blindly, just
4: blindly take the over.
3: Yeah, and they want to go fast too. So, I mean, there, there's some pace stuff there. That's it's kind of Iowa with more athleticism, you know, like that type of thing. And and so that's that's a really tricky challenge, but their offensive numbers are just off the charts, Alabama's are. So it'll be a it'll be a really good challenge on Saturday. Should be a good crowd. Powder blue. Mm. Powder blue. Everybody's wearing their powder blue will you have a powder blue quarter zip it's a i have a i have a powder blue uh, hoodie with billy the blue jay on it perfect very comfortable that's what i'll be wearing um and um yeah you mentioned it though seven o'clock so let's let's remind people of that seven o'clock on saturday evening on big fox all right josh uh we'll do this again in a couple weeks and we'll see what we learn in the meantime um and then, and then I guess, you know, since we won't talk about it, it's Alabama this Saturday and then the Doug McDermott retirement ceremony the next Wednesday against Villanova. Yes. Um, and Villanova's had their had their struggles this year, but we know how talented they are. And then Marquette right after that, and we'll probably talk right after the new year would be my guess. I was going to say,
4: this is probably our last pod as we're doing this little recap stuff uh, of 2023. Three games in a row, Alabama,
3: Villanova at Marquette. So big game. You're going you're gonna to learn more in the next three than probably have in the entire last two months. Um, Couldn't agree more. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Yeah. Well, well so, next time uh, that
4: you and I talk, we're going to, we're going to know a lot more about this basketball team. It's been
3: a good catch up. Um, Once again, the 1620, of the Jays podcast. That's Josh Peterson. I'm Connor Happer. We will get it back to John Bishop, John.
0: It will be the final non-conference game of the season for the men's basketball team as they battle the Alabama crimson tide Tip-off time will be 7 o'clock at CHI Health Center Omaha. Fans, if you're going to the game, find your best powder blue. It is a powder blue out. First time ever that the Jays have done this. The Jays will be wearing their powder blue jerseys, and hopefully you all will be able to find your powder blue in the closet and bring it out to the arena on Saturday night. Our pregame coverage on 1620 The Zone begins at 5 o'clock with Jimmy Chavez and and Jimmy Allen. Then we will take over myself and former Blue Jay Tyler Clement at 630 with tip-off just after 7 o'clock on 1620 The Zone and 1019 The Keg. The women's basketball team will return to the floor at Drake to take on the Drake Bulldogs. It's flashback to the Valley Days as the Jays and Drake will meet at 2 o'clock Sunday afternoon. That game will be available on ESPN+. Then on Wednesday, it will be Doug McDermott, Jersey Retirement Night. The number three will officially be hung from the rafters at CHI Health Center. Doug will be there as the Jays take on Villanova in the Big East regular season opener Pre-game coverage will begin on 1620 The Zone at 6 p.m. live from the arena. And then we will have play-by-play coverage starting shortly after 8 p.m. on 1620 The Zone and 1019 The Keg. It will be great to see Doug back in the arena where, of course, in his career he was undefeated against the Villanova Wildcats with two blowout victories back in his senior season. And then, just ahead of the Christmas break, the women's basketball team finally returns home to DJ Sokol Arena to take on the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State. That will be available on BEDN and Flow Sports. That game will be 6 o'clock on Thursday night, the 21st. And then after that, it'll be uh, more than a week off for both teams before league play resumes on December the 30th with the men at Marquette and the women will be hosting St. John's. That'll be Saturday, December the 30th. Of course, that will be following the Christmas holiday break. And that will do it for this week's 1620 The Jays podcast. For Connor Happer and Josh Peterson, I'm John Bishop, wishing you a great weekend. The 1620 The Jays podcast, a co-presentation of Creighton University Athletics and NRG Media Omaha.